Welcome, Horror Fam, to HHN 365, the Halloween Horror Nights podcast. My name is Mike, and I'm here with my co-host, Duff. Hey, guys. We have our producer, Nico, on the line as well. Hey, howdy, hey. As always, you can uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram at HHN365, and feel free to leave us a voicemail at 407-906-3405. On today's show, we will be moving on to our next segment of our beginner's guide that we like to call... Uh, you son of a bitch did, did you want me to edit that what? one out what? No, no I will he... take care of it oh, I okay. got it I'm going to just keep saying it longer and longer So you, it's I, just it's, If you make me edit it like more a, We're going to have a, a 20 second. You said it like six times last episode And the editing was not fun Alright so from this point forward It will just be known as The Beginner's Guide to HHN Are you okay with that? Fine. Beginner's Guide to HHN. We're so unimaginative. <laughs> I mean, I really like it. I really like All right. one of these so, days. Listen, you, listen, you keep saying it and I'll keep bleeping it. And that's what it's called. It's called bleep. Whatever. <laughs> Move on. Okay. All right. Bleep. Um, well, before we get to that, we do have some news to talk about. First oh, news was... in a long time. You sounded very excited there. Chess <laughs> hands. Jazz My hands. Back uh, I mean, go ahead, Mike. What happened? That's so exciting. We got our first Halloween Horror Nights uh, official announcement in like, what, like 18 months? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. We did. Um, wait. Probably a little bit long. Anyways, yeah, no, it's been a long time. You're right. Something even uh, more exciting happened. This is why I'm so excited. There's something even more exciting happened. We wait. had our winter wonderland, and oh, we, we were did. we were like ten hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, like yeah, ten hundred dollars for charity. It was it was it was like a, we actually hit over eleven hundred at the end. So we hit eleven hundred. Yeah, yeah. So amazing! I'm so excited. Like I am floored that that we raised that much money. Yeah, we we put together this you know relatively small charity event, um, and we just raised a shit ton of money in you know in our humble opinion uh, for two great causes. And I know yeah. all of us involved. You know, we we have a, we have a group chat about it. We talk about it. We're all extremely excited. Every creator yeah. involved, um, and we appreciate everyone who joined us yeah. and who donated exactly. and. Wow. Thank you wow. so much, everyone. If you donated, if you um, was on the show, if you submitted a, a video, thank you so, so, so much. Um, I love this community. And this is just one small sliver of the pie. Why? As mm -hmm. You guys are all so amazing. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to our next bit of news. We teased it a little bit earlier. Um, we actually got some announcement stuff. We, we did. We did. And I we think that's what most things. people listening are going to be excited about. You know, Winter yeah. Blunderland was great, uh, but we care. They don't. Uh, and that's that uh, Beetlejuice is officially announced. Yeah. But there's also another piece to it. You're absolutely right, Duff. We know the dates now. We do. And uh, September 3rd, which is a Friday through October 31st. So Halloween is a Sunday. We have four nights, baby. I think it's 42 yeah. nights total. Yeah. Uh, this year. We're starting. There's not going to be a Sunday that first weekend. Uh, we're not starting with a Wednesday off the bat. And I believe it's only the last week has a Tuesday. Yeah. 
Now, to be fair, those are some things that sometimes if the sales are going well, they will add those. So in, yeah. in, in years prior, they would announce it. And then, well, the closer we got, they would add, you know, the Sunday would be added in and the Wednesday would be added in. So there's still some sh- shot that, that those aren't gone. And I was um, going to actually ask while we're here, do you guys think that a night or two will be added? Because I 100 percent like I would put money on the fact that at least one night will be added this year. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes I think so. I could see it being like a, a kind of late in the event. I could see it either being like a Tuesday or even like, honestly, just tacking on the Monday after and doing November 1st, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I with, could see that with uh, like the social distancing that will most likely be happening this year and the pent up demand that everybody wants to get out and do this. Oh yeah. They're definitely going to be adding more. Okay. But, we're on the same page. I'm happy about that. Yeah. I could probably do we want to go ahead and put in guesses for how many nights there will be final after the 42? Yeah, yeah why not? Go for it. I'm going to say uh, they're going to add three more nights. It's going to be 45. Ooh. Oh, geez. I think they will only add two. Oh, well, I was going to say, I think they'll probably only add uh, outside of like a hurricane or some shit like messing stuff up for real. I think they'll add probably just one night. Okay. okay. One, so two, three, three, 44, yeah, wow. 45. Speaking uh, of, of guesses, I yeah, think there, this yep. is a good time to go back and give some um, some pat on the backs to both Nico and Duff. Nico, if I recall, you uh, selected April when we asked when you thought the first announcement would become, and no, you he, uh, he said March, April. So March, we'll give him March. Yeah, yeah. And Duff, I believe you selected Beetlejuice. I did. I did. And I'd like to point out, not to take anything away from Nico and make it more, but I did say February, and I was technically only five days off from that prediction. That's true. Uh, are we doing prices right rules, though? I didn't <laughs> go over. I went under. No. Oh, okay. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so we're I'm, not doing prices right rules. <laughs> I'm not taking away from Nico. I'm just giving myself more credit. That's all. But that you went true. over and well, did you go? You kind of went over and how did I go right? over? No, I said February, it was March, so it you, went over me. I didn't go over yeah. it. No, okay. see, you picked like May, that's over. Okay, I picked February, I, all right, under, I get it. And I, I picked on the dot, and Nico <laughs> picked on the dot. He said March, he did, that's right. But I was only five days off, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, let's let's talk a bit more about what we saw because we didn't just get dates. We didn't just get Beetlejuice. We were confident Beetlejuice was coming back regardless. Mm-hmm. The dates, uh, I mean, it's actually pretty relative to HHN 29 because HHN 29 started the first week of September, which is the situation uh, for HHN 30 now as well. Um, but we got a new logo and slogan with this as well. We did. What, um, what, what do you think about the, the, the slogan, though? <laughs> hey. What do you think? So I know a lot of people feel this way and there's also a lot of people who kind of like it. I I fully disagree with you, but there's a lot of people who like it, but I'm not a fan in any way, shape or form of this slogan. I think, I think people are really hyped to finally get an announcement. And I, I, we actually tweeted out, um, how do you feel about this new logo slash slogan? And a lot of what we saw was, 
I don't give a fuck what it is. I am happy it <laughs> not announced. Which I feel you. I got you. Yeah, I feel. I feel. So that's how I got kind of am. Did we say what it was? Did we say what the slogan was? We did not. No. It's, okay. Uh, don't go alone, right? Or never go alone. Never go alone. Yeah, yeah. Never go alone. Um, so yeah. Uh people seem to not I'd say most people don't like it. Uh, but a very large portion also don't give a shit and they're just happy it's here. Which at the end of the day, that is hey, I, th- I think that's everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a bad slogan, but I don't care. I got an HHN announcement. Call it whatever the fuck you want. As we made the joke, it's uh HHN 30, you'll never walk alone. Like that <laughs> works too. I don't care. I'm happy it's an announcement. Uh but never go alone's a terrible thing. Uh the whole <laughs> caution tape doesn't look great and the whole paint splatter 30 looks very uh, walking dead era to me so you know now do you think i'm gonna go out on a limb here but it do you think they're they're not really leaning into the whole 30 years anymore Mm, so i think we talked we talked about this a little bit but i have a reason to believe that that will still be involved in some form it's just not the main logo at this point it will not cease to exist. It just won't be the general public facing logo. That's that's very, very interesting because I I think that the they were very clear to not call, at least in their own nomenclature, the not call what they did last year anything to do with Halloween Horror Nights. Mm-hmm. They did not ever use mm-hmm. that in their in their marketing. They called it um like the Halloween universal Halloween Halloween seasonal offerings. Like they were very, very clear to not call it Halloween Hornet. Yeah. So which to be fair, they did. So everyone, not everyone, there was a group of people who really believed that HHN 30 would not be this year. And they just skipped to 31 or skipped to years or whatever it may be. Um, So I think they took the whole, they were very, uh, purposely did not mention HHN during HHN light, as right. we call it. Uh, so they can call it HHN 30 still. Right. But I think a change of logo, I don't, I don't know. I don't like that they did it necessarily, but I see why they would. Because even though a large portion of the fan base didn't get to experience it, there are people who did. And if you look on, say, the Facebook groups, which I don't necessarily recommend, uh, but it does give you an idea of how a lot of the general public is feeling. Um, when Beetle just got announced, there's people who are like, you had that last year. So I think there are a lot of people who are still like, last year was HHN. So, you know, you can't do the same hey, thing. Hey, boo, boo. They had hey, boo, it last boo. year. They had it for, for an what two full days not even two full days like listen like, i am not i am not disagreeing with you in any way however you are talking to the general public of theme park fans <laughs> <laughs> they saw beetlejuice so they saw it at hhn and that's their <laughs> final answer and they're not going to change their mind no matter what you tell them mm-hmm. all right Farewell. So if you give them the same exact logo too, oh my god, you've already done this. 
Did they ever really officially release the the thirty years, thirty feet? Well, I guess on shirts. Well, it was on shirts, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like on the mm-hmm. side of the shirt, like not officially, mm-hmm. just like. Well, no, yeah, but I mean that's pretty official when it's on the sleeve of your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but they never released like I'm saying like they never released like right, the there's house never shirt. like an announcement uh, with the logo on it or anything, correct? Yeah, no, yeah, they definitely did the, as good as they could to leave a lot of that stuff in. And halfway through, not even halfway, it was pretty early on where they remember they started taking the uh, 30 Years, 30 Fears logo off the sleeve and they just started putting Halloween Horror Nights, a very yeah. generic logo on it. Yeah, they did. So, um, I mean, I don't know exactly why that happened. Um, but again, I have reason to believe that we will still see the 30 Years, 30 Fears logo in some capacity this year. It's just not going to be the main logo. So I don't know if they're trying to separate like generic hhn marketing versus anniversary marketing but yeah i, I don't know that kind of makes sense kind of doesn't i don't fucking know man yeah all right let's hop right into the main segment which i teased earlier we are going to have our second beginner's guide and this time we are going to be focusing on the halloween horror nights add-on experiences that you can kind of add on to your night um, or uh, the day before and things like that to make your Halloween Horror Nights experience a little bit better. And Duff, actually, we have two guests on with us to uh, discuss it. We do, we do. Uh, so I'll take care of the first guest we have. Um, okay. And that's going to be someone you can find on Instagram and TikTok at Chelsea Maria 926 That's Chelsea. How's it going? Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. And joining Chelsea, we have Ed. How's it going, Ed? Good. Thank you guys for having me as well. It's real exciting. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, So we brought these two on specifically. Uh, We'll get into the exact details later. But because they have a lot of experience with these add-on experiences. I need to stop saying experiences, but I'll keep saying experiences. (laughs) Uh, A lot of experience with the add-on experiences? (laughs) Correct. Yes, yes, correct. Um, So let's, let's find out why they do. Um, Chelsea, what's your uh, history with Halloween Horror Nights? Yeah, um, so I was the training facilitator for the VIP experience for HHN 29. Uh, So I worked closely with the VIP team and their trainers for the RIP tours and for unmasking the horror. Uh, And I got to work a lot of the nights over at Cafe La Bamba for the pre-tour for the pre-tour get together. So that was really my very first introduction to HHN. I had been a fan for a really long time, but never actually went to the event until I was working it um, because I never had anyone to go with me. Um, I don't really have a lot of spooky friends uh, until I started working at Universal. So that was my my very first experience going to HHN was actually team member preview night. Oh, and and how much time would you say you actually had to enjoy the event versus working the event? (laughs) Um, Not a whole lot uh, because it was mostly just working it. Um, But even the times I was working it, we were so much fun and I got to meet some awesome people and learn a lot about the event. So I'm really fortunate that I had those experiences. And do you have a favorite house? 
my personal, I mean, the only houses that, you know, I really know um, are from 29. So I would have to mm-hmm. say Universal Monsters was definitely my favorite. Hey, a, hell yeah. Very, very yeah. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fair. I think that won our um, tournament we did last year for okay. best house ever. <laughs> it did. So, um, <laughs> there was a lot of recency bias. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Ed, what about you? What is your experience with HHN? Uh, first time going to the event, I was actually HHN 19. Um, then I took a year off. I w- went back to New Jersey for a little bit. And then I've gone every year since 21. Uh, I became a tour guide for HHN 25. And I've been bouncing back and forth between being a tour guide and being a tour lead all the way through HHN 29. So. Nice. Nice. That's so do you have a favorite house from those years? Uh, it's so hard to na- narrow it down to one, but after like due consideration, I got us to go with Silver Screams from HG Gen 19. It's a little oh. bit of everything in that house. Okay. I like yeah. that. I don't, I don't think we've ever heard that one as an answer to the favorite house. Um, it's, it's always something that's kind of considered like a, a mid-tier. Uh, so I appreciate that you picked that as your favorite all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this might be the first time we've really uh, mentioned Silver Screams on this podcast. It's- oh, I mean, we've mentioned it. <laughs> Maybe in passing, but no. I mean, it, it was definitely in our trivia at the very least. Yeah, <laughs> or not our trivia. Well, it's, it's been in our trivia and our, um, our what do we call it? Copa del Quarantine. That's what yes. we called it. Oh, did it make Copa? <laughs> yes. It, uh, yeah, because we did everything uh, from 16 and up. So. Gotcha. It definitely, it, we've mentioned it multiple times. It, it exists on this podcast in some <laughs> form. <laughs> <laughs> well, I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that happens. Look silly. <laughs> that happens more than a couple of times. All right. Well, let's uh, hop right into kind of how we're going to be doing this. Uh, we like to. Um, most people are not the um, um, kind of newbies to uh, Halloween Hornets if you're listening to this, but uh, for the sake of the segment, we like to pretend that um, they are people. So we kind of like to take it from a very basic. Um, what these things are and just kind of um, talk about the basics and then kind of expand from there. So um, Duff, what are some of the uh, basic, uh, what are the, well, first let's go, what are the kind of four or five um, add-on experiences? Uh, So at least the four we'll be focusing on today. Uh, You have, of course, express passes, the RIP tours, unmasking the horror tours and scare actor dining. And which one should we start with? Let's should we start with express passes uh, first? Yeah, it's the most like simple, basic to understand one. So let, let's do that. Sure, sure. Do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, why not? Um, so express the- passes. Uh, they are. Uh, have you been to Universal before during the day? Do you know what the express pass line is? That, that's express passes still for horror nights. Um, this is separate from your express pass you buy during the day, of course, as a Halloween horror nights ticket is. Um, if you have the premier pass for Universal Orlando annual pass, uh, you're after 4 p.m. Uh, Express Pass does not work for Horror Nights, unfortunately for us. Oh, yeah, and if you're staying in a hotel and you get like the unlimited Express Pass, that's not going to work either. So, right. so yeah, it, it's basically HHN Express Pass and Universal uh, Orlando Resort Express Pass work completely separately. Um, they're two separate things, but they work in the exact same fashion, which is, um, how do they word it exactly is that you will have a 
shorter wait experience than the standby queue. Uh, no guaranteed times or anything like that, um, but you'll wait a shorter time. Uh, what would you say the average is for Horror Nights probably? Maybe no more than 20 minutes, even if it's like an hour, hour and a half queue? Yeah, it really de- depends on the night. I, I've heard that on really, really busy nights that you can um, have a oh. bit of a wait, but yeah, they usually try to, get, yeah. they try to get you in within 10 to 15 minutes, I would say. Yeah, so I think um, as far as the hosts of this show and Nico, hey, Nico, mm-hmm. how's it going? Uh, I'm the only one who's actually had Express Passes. I do it once a year when my family comes into town because they do it once a year and they want to see everything without stressing. Uh, and yeah, typically about 15 minutes is what I wait. And it's probably, it's not my favorite night of the year, but it's it's a very nice night of the year, I'll say. Yeah, it's nice to just knock out all ten without ever stressing about it. Chelsea, do you have any experience with uh, ex- express passes? I don't have a lot of experience with express passes. I did uh, part of my training was also with guest services and working on their accommodations during HHN. Um, so we really kind of talked up the express passes for those who uh, really didn't want to stand in a line too much. Um, So that was really a a solid alternative for those individuals. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I will say express passes. um, There's a few tips that I've seen out there. So um, expect express passes to sell out on really peak nights. So buy them as early as possible if you do want them. Um, and then also um, the prices do fluctuate and uh, sometimes do go up the closer you get to the event. So buy them as early as possible. Um, do they still, I, I don't know if you have the answer to this. Do they still do the thing where like halfway through the night, they'll sell them at a discount. I know they used to do that and I'm not sure if that exists at this point. I'm pretty sure 29, they did it at the beginning, but it got so popular. They didn't do it anymore. If I remember correctly. Gotcha. That makes sense. I, I feel like it was something I didn't see as much. So that'd make a lot of sense. Thank you, Ed. Uh, and Ed, do you have any kind of uh, opinions on when to use them or um, when to buy them or if you even need to? Um, I've never really used the Express Passes. Um, I've only ever really done conducted the tours. Uh, mm-hmm. I've heard mixed reviews on the Express Pass. Uh, as someone who is doing tours, I always try to steer people towards the tours. But if you can't, if that's a little out of your price range, I definitely would recommend Express because that's the o- one of the only ways you'll guarantee to see what you guys want to actually see. Yeah, yeah and exactly. I, I think that's exactly how I look at it too. It's you know, if if you're going like one night uh, and you definitely want to see everything, like Express Pass is probably the way to go, just to ensure it to be safe. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I wanted to add to what you were mentioning, uh, Duff, is I have heard that they did do that sometimes. They usually only do it on like slower nights. And if it's a slower night, uh really starts to slow down anyway, especially mm-hmm. on a slower night, that you might be able to not even really to need the Express Pass. You, you would get in a 50% off Express Pass at, yeah. starting around 10 or 11 on a slower night. So um, just, you know... My opinion is that you might not really get the value, um, but on on and then you got to get out. Express Pass is a no brainer. Um, you know you have to you know because that's going to be the the busiest time of the night. Yeah, no, that that that's a sold out night for Express Passes. I would uh, buy them half off. 
Um, and I, I do think that point is kind of yeah. gone. And we're just at the point where if it's slow, you know, that might be an opportunity. Uh, but like Mike said, it, you know, if it's slow, is it worth it at that point? You know, that, that's up to you. Yeah, I remember there was one night with you, Duff, for 29, that I uh, kind of arrived around 10 o'clock and we were able to get every single house done with no longer wait than yeah. like yeah. A, a 20 minute wait. Um, and it was it was like a was it a I think it was like a Wednesday. Or I think it was a Wednesday but, night, probably. Yeah. But still, we were able to get basically get everything done without waiting too long at all. Hey, but we're talking beginner guys here, the <laughs> beginner's guide here. Uh, so like maybe they're just going one night and it's a, like a Friday yeah. night, you know, I don't know. Oh, absolutely. There's definitely I would say there's definitely um, uses to the express pass. If you can only go on a, a say you only have um, Saturday ha- um, Halloween or something like that, or you, um, you know, a really busy Saturday leading up to Halloween, um, that express pass is basically going to be a no brainer. As, as long like Ed said, if you can't afford um, one yeah, of the like yeah. the RIP, uh, I, I think honestly, this episode's only for you if you can afford some sort of like add on. <laughs> you know what? I guess because it's only about add ons. Uh, but I think this is out of everything we're going to talk about, this is the most affordable and most practical add on, I'd say, right? Yes. And one thing we didn't yeah. discuss is that uh, like the prices, not only will they go up the closer it gets to the event, the prices do change based on the night you go. So yeah. if you are going to, um, you know, look early in the event on like the very first Wednesday they do the event, it's going to be a lot cheaper than H- Halloween night. Um, they, they're definitely going to um, fluctuate anywhere from um, like dramatically. So anywhere from like $90 to 170 looking at uh, yeah. 2019 yeah. pricing. That's the thing about Express Pass. They can be like an insane amount above the actual ticket you paid to get in. So yeah. uh, they, they can be pricey for sure. Yeah. And um, all this price, all this stuff that we talk about just for moving on, I will probably, it all is going to be 2019 pricing. Obviously we have no idea what the pricing is going to be on this coming mm-hmm. up event. Um, Sometime it may not raise up at all. I know from 2018 to 2019, yeah. a lot of this stuff um, did actually did not have any um, increasing in pricing. Some of it did. So like the express passes, I think it did did raise up a little bit. But like RIP and X character dining, I believe that stayed just about the same yeah. between 2018 yeah. to 2019. This is going to be a I, weird year, though. So. I yeah. I think I think specifically this year, it's going to be definitely at a premium. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I think we're going to see price increases, uh, probably uh, 50 to 100% increases on all the the express passes. Mm -hmm. 100%. Because they're going to be. You're looking at a max $240 express pass ticket. You know what? People are going to buy it. I'm pretty sure. You know, they missed out on Horror Nights last year. They want to make sure that they can get through all their houses, especially if we're going to have no conga lines this year or anything like that yeah i can see it like really spiking this year uh because of supply and demand <laughs> i i don't necessarily disagree with you but 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 we spend plenty of time on express passes i think that's a very basic concept that if you are uh-huh. someone who's going to a theme park in any capacity you understand what this is how it works it, it's pretty simple yeah. uh, so mike do you want to move on to rip tours sure let's do it so the rip tour uh, the best way to, to explain it is it's kind of like a guided tour that is going to um, basically kind of if Express Pass is going to walk you right 
like if express pass is going to kind of make you cut the line the rep tour is going to kind of take you kind of back door you want onto the ride um and that you're going to have a tour guide there um who kind of gives you ins and outs and discusses kind of a little bit of um backstage knowledge about each house as well yeah yeah definitely and i can say that uh out of the three who do this podcast none of us ever experienced this because we are uh cheap bastards uh, 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 who, who plan on doing this this year uh we're actually going to do it last year and you know you know how things worked out last year um yeah so we kind of want to uh, lean on chelsea and ed here and and kind of you know how do you guys feel about rip tours what's the deal is it worth it you want to go first chelsea no you can go i went first last time <laughs> um so We'll start with like the two main ones. There's the non-private tour and the private tour. Uh, right. Because who knows what's going to go on if they're going to do the five house tour that they had been experimenting with in 29. <laughs> um, so the non-private tour, you'll be up uh, up to a group of 12. Uh, you will see each house. Uh, in the past, shows were included. Who knows what's going to happen? It's optional, but you will, will get a designated meeting place back up. You'll have a pre-tour reception. Uh, sometimes they have light snacks. They do have cash bars. Uh, lowest weight bar of the night the entire time, though. I'll tell you that much. You guys won't be waiting in the alcohol line, so that's fun. Um, you get front-of-the-line access to all these houses. You get good setups. They give you little Easter eggs to look for. Uh, whereas a private tour, you you call the shots. If you want to go see, for this year, let's argument's sake, let's say Beetlejuice. You want to see Beetlejuice all night? You could do that. I've had tours before that we did Stranger Things 12 times in one night. Didn't see any other houses. We did Stranger Things 12 times. We uh, walked around, did a couple uh, of rides. Uh, it's the second year of Stranger Things. Oh, so, no. I was going to yeah. try to clarify. That's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point did you say, I'm not doing this anymore? <laughs> oh, wait, I'm not I got to tell you, from doing tours as long as I had, uh, you get to befriend a lot of the people who are characters at the reunion. And it's a lot more fun when you know the people uh, in the houses. Mm -hmm. So you always want to go through because you never know who you're going to know in the house. I've had it before where uh, Dead Water is one of my favorite stories. It's a good friend of mine was the sea captain in Dead Waters. Uh, he saw me coming through, grabbed me, pulled me through the boo hole. And I met my group at the end, and they just <laughs> ate it up. <laughs> I've had like all sorts of crazy things. Uh, tour guys get real good, uh, real close with some of these characters, and lots of crazy things happen. But uh, if you, you, I, I'm not going to lie, it's insanely expensive. If you have the means, I highly recommend the private tour. I've had people do four or five run-throughs of all the houses in one night. You get exhausted. As a tour guide, I was exhausted most nights, but... Uh, if you have the means, I would go for it. But if you really, if you're on a tight crunch for time, I would do the tour. You get to see the front of the line of each house, get some cool behind the scenes knowledge and get to go to some areas you don't really get to go to. Uh, Halloween Horror Nights 29, they got a bar up in the sky room in the mm -hmm. Rape Through New York starting Jimmy Fallon, which was mm -hmm. kind of cool. Yeah, so. so I heard about that and that's something like, I almost wanted to pay the price just to experience. I don't know why. It's probably not as cool as it sounds. I'm sure you know. It was it that cool to like just go up there and like overlook horror nights? Um, removing my experience with that room, like as someone who has never seen that ha house, like you get to look down and look at like three or four different queues. You get to just see like swarms of people, and you're like, I'm not tied in with you guys. 
I'm doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty cool for someone who hasn't experienced that. Even uh, the Lombard's bar is pretty cool. Even though it's in like a main guest area, just having you guys only tour guests in that bar is kind of cool. And didn't you get pizza fries there too? Uh, yeah, Halloween Hard Nights 29, they were uh, experimenting with ordering pizza fries and some of the other event uh, Sundays, the waffle Sundays were in there as well. So oh. they just ordered them, so brought them in. you could sit and enjoy your pizza fries or s'mores fries in the air conditioning, not surrounded by a million people. It was oh. fantastic. See, I question though, does that even feel like Horror Nights at that point? If I'm not like <laughs> dripping right. sweat bullets, like... A heat index of 102 at 9 p.m. <laughs> oh, no, you're, still, you're still sweating. You're still sweating. Oh, okay. okay. As long as the sweat's <laughs> dripping, it's horror nights. We're good. Absolutely. Uh, Chelsea, do you have anything to add about just kind of simply about how it works or anything you'd recommend about it? Yeah, I would say that if you are not solely interested in just getting through the houses without waiting and you do want that little bit of extra knowledge or information about the houses then the RIP tours are a lot of fun you do get those little nuggets of you know insider information about the houses and the scare zones that you wouldn't normally get just on your own or even searching the internet or listening to a podcast or something like that. So it's really, it's a good opportunity for someone to kind of enhance their love of the event. Um, And it's great if you're on a non-private because you're around other HHN fans who want that same experience. So you kind of bond with everybody in your group. So it's a lot of fun. I mean, if you have the means to do it, I highly recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of the the backstory and the Easter eggs of the house, a lot of that really comes out of the stories from the RIP Mm -hmm. tour guides being told the guests. A lot of that stuff really um, isn't anywhere else but from the the mouths of the RIP tour guides to the guests. Yeah, I was watching because in preparation for this little get together, I was watching a lot of house walkthroughs. And someone was trying to explain the plot of Depths of Fear. And I'm like, that's not even remotely close. (laughs) And then I'm like, well, it probably wasn't, if you're just going through the queue, it's probably not really well explained, like what the premise Mm -hmm. is. But the only reason I would, you know, I know it as well as I do is because of the RIP tours. So you kind of get like what the actual setup for the houses are rather than, let me piece this together on my own based on what I'm seeing in the queue. Yeah. And I yeah, think absolutely. as someone who actually hasn't done RIP tours before, something I've like pretty much always done as an HHN fan is uh, immediately after that first weekend, I'll go on to forums and discussions and just wait for people who did it. And they're like, okay, so my RIP tour guy <laughs> told me at this point, this is what's actually happening. This is the meaning behind it. And I'm like, oh, yes, notes are taking. I'm taking all the notes. This is great. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, like Mike said, it's kind of like a, you know, there there are so many intricate details, but, like, it's kind of almost like it's coming from the RIP tour guides more than anything else, like even the house itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And all of the tour guides are super passionate about what they're doing. They all have to go through, um, all of our new RIP guides have to go through 
a rather extensive audition process. Um, and then even through training, they may not necessarily make the cut to actually give tours mm. during the event. Um, so it's pretty intense for them, but they're there because they all have a genuine love of the event. And that really shows when they're out on tour, this just overwhelming passion for the event shows in all of them. And it's really infectious for the rest mm. of the group. I will yes. say some of my favorite YouTube videos about HH and the Watcher, the ones where people are on RIP tours and they will actually like film pretty much every time the RIP tour host talks and mm -hmm. it, they are so knowledgeable and almost always like just extremely excited, like more excited than the actual people going, the, the guest paying for this. Um, and, and that says a lot, you know, if you're dropping that much money, you should be pretty excited. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. uh, but I think we should probably also ask you guys like, um, any, any fun stories? about this specific add-on oh man <laughs> uh, you know you keep it keep it nice anything you can say don't get dangerous um, do you guys more. remember do you guys remember when they used to do the uh jello shots oh yeah yes. uh -huh. so one of the first years we did cafe la bamba was bringing my tour group out and we went out the the back gate and we were getting ready to go and one of the shot girls was walking out he goes hey how many shots you got on there she's like 15 20 he goes perfect here's 400 uh, them all. she goes i can only give you one at a time he goes that's cool we're walking this way so she had to follow us to our first house we had to walk all the way back to the back of the park <laughs> they were completely sloshed by that first house that's amazing um, oh, oh my god we we always like to i always like to tell my tour guides especially when i got up to the leadership position just make sure you you graze over the fact that even though you're on a premium product there are certain things you can and can't do. And once the cops or security get involved, your <laughs> VIP ends. Right. And, uh, <clears throat> I, I always pushed for us to get a little tour of walking past the, the holding area. The, oh, yeah. Call the oh. Drunk tank, and they're like, no, yeah. no, no. I was like, I mean, you'd probably have less drunk guests, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> you, you get fun guests. I had uh, a private tour one time where it was like about six middle-aged women and we only did three houses and they're like, all right, cool. We're going downtown. I was like, you bought an entire private tour to do three houses and then leave. And then I got sold on another private tour because there was a credible demand for it. Guests are fun during Halloween. Though. <laughs> guests are real fun yeah. during Halloween. As a fellow guest, I can say uh, fun is a word to use. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea, anything that uh, sticks out to you that you're allowed to discuss? Yeah, yeah. Um, there are so many stories. Um, I'll get I'll get sentimental for a moment. Um, Ed and I became really close friends working at La Bamba and cleaning up um, flaming hot melted queso off of the buffet at La Bamba and. That was just how we bonded. Um, so our friendship is forever uh, due to that queso. But I got to make really good friends with a lot of the scare actors who worked with us at La Bamba. They were so great. Um, one of my personal favorite stories was actually during training for RIP. We were going through um, the Us House. They were still working on it. And apparently, I did not get this message, but apparently um, they were going to turn all of the work lights off, turn the house lights on, and turn the audio on as a test. 
I did not hear that part. So I'm walking through and I'm terrified of everything. Also <laughs> have never been to the event before. I've only watched it through the comfort of my laptop. And we're walking through the room and I'm like, oh, look at these cute little bunnies and never having seen the movie. I don't know why there are bunnies there. And I'm like, oh, this is adorable. And then all of a sudden the work lights go off. The house lights come on. <laughs> the audio comes on very loudly. And I screamed so loud and dug my nails into the closest guide I could find <laughs> and held on for dear life. And <laughs> I refused to go through the last room. I was like, there are some creepy ass mannequins in there. I want nothing to do with that. So I went out the, what I affectionately call the scaredy cat exit. And I sat outside and cried and called my manager and told her she had picked the wrong person for the job. <laughs> oh, that was wow. Probably about like four days into actually meeting all of these tour guides. So that was really their first impression of me was that <laughs> I was just going <laughs> to. That, that, that's wonderful. I like that. Yeah, uh, and that that also perfectly ties into another question I was going to ask before we moved on, which was, um, is can you still be like kind of scared going through as a tour guide? Yes, constantly, so, all the time. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> there it is. Uh, to expand on that a little more and make it a little less obvious, does it almost feel like you're still a guest as you're going through the houses? Oh, I think it's real. I would agree with that a hundred percent. And it's even a little more so than the average guest, just because you, if you're doing tours on a consistent basis, which all the tour guides are, you see the evolution of that house. You see where it starts, where they add characters, where they remove characters, mm -hmm. where they tweak effects. Like you kind of see the entire evolution of a house. Oh man, that is that. I think that um, that's kind of our wheelhouse. So we love um, kind of starting at the beginning and seeing kind of all the little uh, different changes, mm -hmm. um, especially the us house. That one went through a lot of changes throughout the mm -hmm. event. So yeah, that would be uh, so amazing. It's something that I've always w wanted to experience um, uh, as like as a, a team member. Yeah, I think this would kind of be like the perfect role for me if I ever felt like getting back into working with guests again. Uh, and not for the guests in any way. I don't care about the guest. No offense to anyone who <laughs> pretends to be on a, guest, a tour with me. Uh, but just for experiencing the houses over and over, all the, the info you get. Um, so what I'm saying is uh, we will be spending a lot of money to join you guys this year on tours. Just, just yeah. so you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I did want to say, um, Chelsea, Nico had that exact same reaction when he went through the us house before he got to that final room. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh. think he ended up taking the security cat exit, but he, no, he I did didn't. not want to go through that that hands across America room. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no. absolutely not. Absolutely not. I was listening to one of your episodes where uh, you guys were doing some trivia, and when someone would get the answer wrong, it would be that really creepy theme for us. And no joke, I was like, these people better get every answer. I can't hear it. I'm triggered. I just I can't. Oh, I hear it and I like my skin crawls and I'm just, all I hear is Lupita Nyong'o's raspy voice. And I'm like, nope, I'm done. Peace out. I'm, I'm out. Uh, 
pretty unrelated, but I do want to say one of my favorite ever HHN moments uh, was trailing Nico as he went into the pitch black hallway in graveyard games. <laughs> as he basically said, nope. Nope. I'll stop here. Thank you very much. Yep, I'm right there with you. I'm like, this is this is beautiful to look at, but I'm where's the gift shop I can wait in? <laughs> uh, before we move on to RIP tours, I did have one more thing I want have you guys ever experienced i'm sure you have uh any guests who feel more knowledgeable than you and uh vocalize that <laughs> and um uh not so much but you do get those guests who try and play stump the tour guide uh, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's really cool because you you wouldn't have the experience like 25 is a huge year and i didn't have anywhere near the knowledge that some other tour guides or guests had uh, because I had only gone since 19. I didn't get to see the bread and butter of the icons to put that all together in 25. Uh, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's just that person who just rattles off trivia and wants you to get everything right. Mm-hmm. It's just in your face. It's like, eh, no. They're like, eh. It's kind of awkward. So uh, Trivia's not too bad. If I ever do one of your tours, please ask me all the trivia. Uh, easy <laughs> softballs. I prefer. Thank you very much. Uh, Mike, should we move on now? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of don't want to leave RIP tours because it's yeah, I know, I don't exciting part. Oh, I don't know. The next part's pretty exciting. I mean, like before we do, I just want to do a, a quick rundown of some of the other things that kind of come with the RIP tour oh, night. Okay. So you get a complimentary standard uh, valet parking. Um, you get a, a commemorative RIP credential with lanyard. Um, I believe Ed already mentioned you get access to the RIP lounge um, and then um, you get um, unlimited express access during the regular park attractions with your RIP tour credential following the tour um, park hours permitting. Anything else I forgot that kind of comes with the um, RIP tour package. Did you say food? Yes. Um, oh yeah. You get the, the, the kind of the, the, the snacks, right? I'd say like four d'oeuvres, right? Four d'oeuvres, yeah. more snacks. Yeah, it's not like a full meal, but it's like a, it's kind of like a appetizer sampler. Coming from yeah, guys who've never been. The, yeah, you have the pre-tour yeah. reception um, before you go out, and you, uh, you get yeah, basically appetizers and some small desserts, and then the scare actors uh, typically from the scare zones will walk around and take pictures and things like that. So that's oh, pretty cool. cool. Too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like a fully like curated mini horror nights experience in there while you eat. That's mini, mini scare actor dining. Yes. All right. Well, the next one, as I was saying is um, also pretty exciting. You can find out a lot of lore and uh, details about the houses and that's unmasking the horror tours. Uh, so pretty much unmasking the horror tours uh, it sounds like what it is you're going to go during the daytime into the houses with the tour guide um, and they're going to bring you through I think it's the options are right now three or six house tours Um, and you can go in and there's certain rooms that you may be able to take pictures some you may not Um, but yeah you go on with the lights on and uh, get to pick out all the details I don't know how much else 
detail I can get into about them. Mike, is there anything else to add on the basic yeah, side of it? I would say the, the main difference between the RFP tour is that you do not need admission to mm-hmm. the Halloween Horror Nights event, but you do need admission to the park during yeah. the daytime. Mm-hmm. So it happens during the day, um, be, kind of either before the event, but you... Um, do need admission to the park. It's not going to be included into your, and if you don't want to go to the the event night that night, you don't need to buy a ticket for that. So like, if you're really scared of horror nights, but like really enjoy it, like this is a good way to do it. Yes. Yeah. I have heard a lot of people, this is kind of, if they are too afraid to do uh howling horror nights at all, this is kind of uh, a good way to like tip their toe into um, what they're going to experience. Um, to decide if it's something right for them. Um, they, it's kind of a, a way to get to see the, the, the technical side of, the, of what goes into this event without having to experience the scary side. And Chelsea and I, would you say this is probably more or less lore-based or detail-based than if you took an RIP tour? Oh, this is 100% more in-depth knowledge like i i will tell you guys the only the hhn super fans of the tour guides do these tours mm-hmm. this is 100 percent like a passion thing for them uh they'll i believe hhn 25 when they were doing unmasking the horror they could name every single prop in that house every time it's appeared any backstory of any icon you wanted to know like these are the most dedicated tour guides that they have so this is really the dream team, the cream of the crop of the tour guides kind of work their way up to doing these ones. Yeah, these are the these are the super fans. It, uh, do you know how exactly this is this is found? Is there like a, a trivia or is it like you worked here so long? So, you know, is there any specific way you get this? Uh, for unmasking the horror, uh, Chelsea could speak a little bit more to the training and aspect to it but like they do have to audition they go through a separate training process and we do have a we did uh when i worked there we had a very close relationship with art design who gave us pages upon pages of manuals and callbacks and all different information about the houses nope i've decided this is what i want to do not rip (laughs) (laughs) already changed it yeah i changed already this is where i want to work uh chelsea sorry go ahead yeah, so it's a pretty extensive training. Um, it's about a week of eight hours a day training. Um, their manuals are, I would say, minimum 200 pages. Um, and it goes through every house, every single room, detail by detail. So the setup for that room, uh, any important information, I mean, down to what what color the paint is on the walls. Um, So it's a lot of those details um, that we get from art and design. We also get the information, especially when we're dealing with the IPs, as far as uh, what information the guides can and cannot share with the guests, um, because there are certain things that they're not allowed to share. There are also certain rooms or certain props that cannot be photographed. Um, The Ghostbusters house was very, very limited on what they could and could not take pictures of. I think maybe it was three, three separate sections of the house that they could photograph and that was it. 
Um, so it was very strict. The same with Stranger Things. They were very, very strict about photos and what information could actually be given to the guests. So it's a very difficult training. Um, and not every guide makes it, but the ones who do, they absolutely adore the event. They have such a passion for it. Um, and I think only the real diehard HHN guests are going to appreciate that um, because it's, you know, they're, they're kind of meeting other super fans um, who have that information. Uh, quick question, uh, follow up on that one, Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, so the, the rules about like what to talk about, what not to talk about, is that coming from Universal Creative or is that coming from the respective studios like Netflix or Sony? It comes from the respective studios. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we get a lot of information about, like, specifically with Stranger Things and Netflix, there was a lot of information about you can take pictures from this angle, but you can't take pictures from this angle. I know there was something, I can't remember the specifics of it, but I know that they were very specific about how Hopper's cabin could be photographed. And which areas could and could not be photographed. Um, they were also very strict. You could not photograph uh, the mind flare at the very end. Under no circumstances could you photograph that. Wow. That, that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you kind of sit there and you're like, why? You know, why this specifically? Mm-hmm. Um, but it does have to do, a lot of it has to do with ruining the experience, ruining the magic, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, for other guests who might see it online. So they do want to respect the integrity of the product. Yeah, makes that's sense. A, that's definitely fair. I get yeah. that. Yeah, uh, especially like the mind flare, like that's the, uh, you know, that's the climax of the house. So right. Yeah. Kind of spoiling that or, I mean, I don't even know if they possibly look at it this way, but like of uh, the series as a general, if someone hasn't, necessarily watched it yet and i don't know how many people go to horror nights and actually go through something and end up watching it later but i imagine there's a decent amount so yeah yeah it's just me (laughs) (laughs) yeah with the original houses obviously there's a lot more that they can they can talk about and they can photograph and really art and design wants to show off what they've done um, and quite rightly Uh, so there's a little bit more that a little bit more flexibility with what they can and cannot talk about and take pictures of Um, so you kind of get you get a little bit more information with the um, with the original houses Mm -hmm. of course can you pick the houses on these or are these predetermined they're predetermined okay Mm mm-hmm and then do they ever switch or are they always kind of standard? The three is the three, the six is the six. It usually does stay the same unless something, you know, grave happens where we now have to switch it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and Ed, correct me if I'm wrong, but we were given explicit instructions to not uh, use us in any of the Unmasking the Horror tours. So like, um. I, I I'm gonna be honest. Off was kind of the unmasking the horror stuff was a little not my strongest suit, but I knew there's they have they go into the season they have their six they have their three and then they get trained on one or two 
emergency backups that could be down for anything for last minute repairs to production shoots, last minute production shoots that cause like a wrench to the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it pretty much stays the same throughout the season. Yeah. That, I mean, that's pretty much what I've heard, but I've always figured there's like, yeah, there's something to it. And I guess having those backups is kind of that I'm sure it happens occasionally where those will get pulled out randomly. Yeah. And art and design works with VIP to select which houses will be on the three house tour and which houses will be on the six. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember sitting in a meeting with art and design where they were like, well, we want to put, you know, one of the like really big, beautiful houses in the three house tour and one in the six house tour. So if you really want to see this house, you have to do the six house tour or you have to do the three house tour. Um, And I know Universal Monsters was one that they wanted to make sure, like if people were doing Unmasking the Horror, they were seeing it Mm -hmm. with the lights on. So you got the full effect of just how beautiful that house was. And I do find that part a bit interesting because I don't believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that they promote exactly which houses you'll see. I don't think so. I think you are correct. So it is interesting to kind of curious, like, you know, if you go on the three, you won't see this house, but if you do the six, you will. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's more of a kind of common sense thing that you'll see more on this. But right. um, yeah, it makes sense. Get more money if you pay more. Yeah. Uh, but I guess we should probably move on now. I will say that you'll hear more about the Unmasking the Horror Tour when we do it this year uh, for the yeah. first time, which I'm excited about to finally. My poor like wallet. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I wanted to add before we quickly move on. One thing about the Unmasking the Horror Tour that does kind of come from um, Universal is that you may think that because it's during the day and the lights are on, this might be a good event for younger kids. But uh, in fact, that you kind of get to see some of the intensely graphic um, nature of some of the houses. So they still recommend this um, this mm-hmm. tour for um, no guests under the age of um, or 13 and up, um, not for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know if we ever explicitly stated this, but there are not scare actors during Unmasking the Horror. Uh, so any of these kind of grotesque images would be from uh, uh, props. Props, yes, yes. But you, there's, you're still going to experience some. And, and with the lights on, you actually... Yeah, you'll see them a lot more clearly. A lot more clearly. So it's yeah. really not for kids. All right, Mike, do you want to take us on to our uh, final add-on of the night? Yeah, so the last event is the uh, the character dining um, experience. Um, so... Um, the character dining experience, at least for the last uh, four years, has been offered by Universal. Um, it happens on select nights throughout the event. Um, it's it, uh, basically um, usually starting around five o'clock to about six o'clock. You um, are invited to um, the Classic Monsters Cafe for an all-you-can-eat uh, themed dinner uh, experience where you um, actually have uh, characters roaming around while you eat. Yeah, again, something uh, none of us here uh, on the show have done. Um, something we were going to do this year for the first time. I know, I know none of us are huge uh, character interaction people. No, not really. No, that that's kind of our thing for why we haven't done it yet. Um, I have heard and I've watched plenty of videos about it. I, I've seen the food looks pretty decent. Like it's not like completely garbage food. 
Like it looks solid. No, it looks uh, pretty good. And and the interactions, honestly, like um, for me to eat, like if we go back to like uh, I, I think it was twenty eight or maybe twenty seven and twenty eight uh, that had Sam from Trick or Treat in it. Like I would have loved to fucking eat with Sam. Like yeah, that's messing true. with me. That'd have been great. You know. <laughs> Uh, so I'm excited to finally try it out this year. Um, and it seems like a decent value as far as any kind of character dining throughout any of the theme parks goes, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, it looks like in 29 they had Dr. Frankenstein, Frankenstein's Monster, the Bride of Frankenstein, Igor were kind of the main four. And then you also had Shorty, uh, one of the killer clowns. Mm-hmm. Those were kind of the the characters that were roaming around. Uh, I have a menu pulled up too, Duff, because you mentioned the f- the food. It looks like um, twenty uh, twenty nine had kind of like smoked rotisserie chicken, a vegan uh, rice cal- uh, cauliflower, mo- um, mojo pork, um, New York strips, penne pasta. So some pretty good stuff. Yeah, no, I mean all the food I've seen looks like you know. Decent at the very least, you know, I'm sure it's, you know, it's more buffet style food. I mean, it's a buffet, basically. Uh, So, you know, it's been sitting out, but I'm sure it it tastes fine. And if you enjoy the character interactions, this will be well worth the money. Absolutely. Added Chelsea, do you guys have any experience with um, character dining or anything to add? Uh, unfortunately i don't um i've always heard great things about it we've had some tour guests go there beforehand and then come over um, but i've all, i've heard great things about it i think it's just important to note that the earliest seating is has generally been around five o'clock um, but you still need to have a ticket for hhn for that night mm-hmm. in order to dine Absolutely. Yeah. So it's just something really important to kind of put out there if someone is interested in it, that you still have to pay for an HHN ticket. If you're done eating before um, before the event starts, then you're going to be escorted to one of the stay and scream areas right. uh, where you just kind of hang out until the event starts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, like Chelsea said, this is, is one of those things you can't you can't get away without having having a ticket. This is kind of is going to start off your event tonight. It, it's kind of funny that you brought that part up because I uh, watched a I believe it was a vlog. I, I could be misremembering, but I remember the details of the story that some family uh, did this character dining and they weren't aware that they had actually purchased tickets because uh, they did it through uh, on the phone, you know, through the call center. Uh, and they had actually bought tickets for the event and they thought they had just bought it for character dining and they were very upset in their vlog or whatever <laughs> media I was watching and I thought oh, it was no. very funny that they were they were not fully aware they had paid all that extra money for the family of like five to go to the event as well that they had zero interest in. Um, so that's yeah, why you, we're doing these these podcasts for people like that. Yeah, exactly. So if you don't <laughs> want to do the event, um you're you're also not doing character dining, unfortunately. I mean, unless you're willing to pay the premium and then just walk out the gate at the end. I don't know how many people would, but I, I guess I guess if you if you really want to um, do character dining, um, that's the price you have to pay. I mean, uh, I mean, I think if they brought like any kind of like Ghostbusters characters, that could have been a more popular option just to pay for the Horror Nights ticket, just to hit character dining, and then bounce. You know, maybe. Yeah, I could see that. I, I would say um, I have a good idea that Beetlejuice will probably be making an appearance 
at the, at the, <laughs> this year's uh, character dining, and he's going to be very popular. I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked. So it sounds like you're fully expecting it this year. Um, yeah, I, I, I am. I am I'm expecting that Beetlejuice will be a mainstay of the, this character dining. Oh, I was just saying that they would Same exist at all. Dining. But oh, well, yeah. I, I do expect it because if you don't re- recall, there was a lot of back and forth of of uh, during uh, um, the run up to 20, uh, 2020 and it being canceled where mm-hmm. it was like not going to happen. And then I think we finally settled settled on that character dining was going to happen if the event was happening. They officially started like pitching it like two weeks before they canceled the event. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. That. And they, they actually had like a lot of nomenclature of exactly what the experience was going to be, where it was it was going to be like a modified experience. It wasn't a buffet. So they had really kind of from what I remember and what uh, what I have gathered in this research, they have kind of solidified what that experience was going to look like um, mm-hmm. with COVID. Yeah, and I, so guess I do expect it, that it's going to be happening this year. If they're they willing have- to do it last, you know, September, October, I don't see why they wouldn't be willing to do it a year later when things uh, are, are looking on the up currently and hopefully they stay that way. Absolutely. Uh, so that, that's kind of all the add-ons we're going to go over, but before we just close out here, Chelsea, Ed, we kind of have to ask you, you know, with your experiences, are there any other fun stories you want to tell us about what you've done at the parks? Uh, Chelsea, you think I should tell them the American Horror Story one? I certainly do. <laughs> oh God, American Horror Story. So you get guests, be good guests, but I guess you you kind of feel them out throughout the night. Uh, Mom and Dad were not having it, so it was a couple of teenage kids. I would bring them into the house. This was the first year of American Horror Story, <clears throat> and all I keep hearing is, so the kids are in the house, and we're standing by the entrance, waiting for the kids to come out the exit, and all I keep hearing is. You tell them. No, you tell them. And I'm inching away from them, trying to keep an eye out for the kids. I'm like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. And then dad pulls me aside. He goes, hey, can we get some quiet family time? And you, you guys oh. remember that exit flow for American Horror Story was like yep. an insane walk. <laughs> so we get like halfway through the walk. He goes, we're going to do it right here. So we're in the middle of the exit flow. And dad goes to the kids. He goes, kids, your mother and I are getting divorced. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) And I want to put this disclaimer out there that I'm not going to tell you every tour guide will do this. But I was comfortable with these teenage kids. They they were all 16, 17. Uh, I was like, mom, dad, you remember, you know, the way back to the bar, right? Cool. Uh, I'm going to take the kids around. We're going to keep doing some houses. Uh, We'll meet up with you later. So oh, no. something <laughs> sadly tragic about it coming out of American Horror Story. I just didn't know what to do. It was just real awkward. It turns out the that, true American Horror Story was that all along. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's rough. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry you endured that. <laughs> just just anyone listening, wait till the vacation is over. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> If you oh, do that man. at Disney, that's a great life. way to stay at the Grand Floridian for free. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm collecting. Uh, I'm collecting. Here we go. Uh, uh, Chelsea. Um, I, I am the reason one of our La Bamba scare actors got punched. Oh. 
Oh no. Um, yeah. We don't. We don't need more details if you can't. But you know, if you can. <laughs> well, not really. I'm the reason, but um, they're their manager that was with them at La Bamba had to step away for a moment to take care of one of the other scare actors. Um, we had a group that was there fairly early in the, in the evening and not really sure if they had been drinking. I don't think that they had been, um, but he came up behind them and he was one of the scare actors from Vikings Undead. He came up behind this one woman and kind of growled in her ear. Uh, she turned around and just punched him straight in the mouth, like through his mask. Um, she punched him like underneath his jaw. So his mouth just clenched uh, in his mask. And he came over to me and he was like, so I just got punched in the face. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I, I just... She just hit me. And apparently that was just her knee jerk reaction to being scared. Uh, so someone had to go over and talk to her and just tell her, hey, if that's going to be your reaction to being scared, this might not be the event for you because uh, you can't punch all of our scare actors in the face. So, yeah, oh. <laughs> uh, shall we uh, real quick? disclaimer if uh since this is a beginner's guide don't punch anybody at the event please uh, especially scare actors thank you yeah if that you like, don't punch like them. yeah like like chelsea just said if that's gonna be your reaction this is not the event please don't go yeah i would say if you are um you've never done a, a haunted house before maybe do like a test run where you can't punch things and if you try to punch something that is like, I don't know, like um, animatronic, and you try to punch it, then you should probably not not go to the. Wait, is there the, like some sort of HHN simulator with animatronics? <laughs> I'm not aware of. You saying <laughs> that's your reaction? If you go to your like, local terror ride at Lagoon in Utah or something, and like you try to like reach out of the car to, to, to punch it. <laughs> then, then you should probably not go to Howard uh, Hornets. Uh, yeah. Save your punching for a howler scream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Dark Horizons. Uh, no, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, we're laughing, but it's not a laughing matter. Don't punch. Yeah, yeah don't, punch, don't, don't, don't punch. Don't punch. Don't, don't touch them. Don't. Yeah. No. no and sure. uh, it, it's funny that you brought up that she probably wasn't intoxicated because uh, we've discussed this before on the show. We're like. Yeah, a lot of people are drunk at the event, but it, it doesn't necessarily seem to be a factor that the alcohol is what making is what's making people, you know, touch scare actors. It's, you know, them being uh, either one, so extremely scared and that's their reaction or two, them having some sort of uh, sense of false bravado. Right. Um, so, yeah, th don't do that. Ever. My, my favorite part of that story was she was eventually asked to leave because she genuinely did not know if that was going to be her reaction to being scared. Um, so as she's being escorted out by security, she helped herself to a plate of nachos for the road. <laughs> oh. So she took our nachos and then left. Well, I did pay for this experience, so I'm taking these nachos. 
<laughs> well, I might. I'm already here. I might yeah. as well just take a plate of nachos. <laughs> she brings I, like the sterno cans along with her, and just like, I got to keep curious. it warm. All my how how do you not know if that's going to be? Well, I'm not sure if I'll do that again or not. To be honest. <laughs> well, um, yeah that that was quite the story to end on, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Out with a bang. Look yeah, we should stop <laughs> laughing at that, but here I go laughing. Yeah, <laughs> it was the nachos. It, it was the nachos. It was, the na- it was definitely the nachos. The nachos. Well, uh, Ed and Chelsea, thank you so much for joining us uh, and discussing the uh, HHN add-on experiences. I had a lot of fun. So, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, we'll have to have you back when I uh, discuss anything else. Um, is there anything else uh, we would like to to add before we? Uh, we head out um take your nachos before you hit a scare actor next time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely always absolutely. get those nachos nachos before blows there you go. oh <laughs> no like blows to the face like punch oh blows. okay <laughs> yeah you're the sick one here yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, on that note, um, we'll be back next week. As always, you can find us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at HHN365. And you can uh, always leave us a a voicemail at 407-906-3405. All right. Well, we'll see you next week and we'll see you in the streets.